the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along. The Monday edition I think you should call it, uh, it's the bleary-eyed edition. Oh, of my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry to hear that. People are under the uh, under the weather here. I, they would rather be Listen. under the blanket. Yeah. Listen, yeah, so day, daylight savings time is now in effect, which I think is terrific because yeah. I li- daylight savings time should never leave. There it is. Right? So we should, the, the, the place where we are, we should never move our clocks again because mm-hmm. that's how I feel. But. When you do move from what with the non-daylight savings into the daylight savings, it's so painful. Mm. Now, you experience none of this, John. I feel fine. No adjustment. No, I feel fine. Now, yesterday, I was fine. Today, listen, I am out of it. Mike, you're feeling how? Oh, my gosh. I'm, our, I'm on my fourth cup of coffee. Fourth oh, my cup. gosh. Oh my I'm gosh. dragging don't, today, big time. Yeah, don't you feel like you're not quite engaged? No. <laughs> No, I I feel like I'm not all there. I'm wait, 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 wait. This is not a confidence builder here. <laughs> no, Two-thirds of the show is not feeling sorry. great. Uh, sorry. Don't you honest. worry, though. The farmer's children are in the fields, and they're that's beginning right. to harvest. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. like uh, oh, a, uh, yeah. what do you call those? It's like conventional wisdom. It's an old wives' tale. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. Like, that's not why they did it. I don't Why did they do it? What? So state legislatures could go and eat remember. out more? I guess I'll look it up. I forget. Right. Yeah. Can we sign a petition anyway, to make, like not do this again? No. Yes. Can we just never ever do this again? Here's where we contact Joe Biden's body double. <laughs> <laughs> just say it. Kath, as we always do, we get underway with the news stories as we kick off the four o'clock hour. Won't you please now give us the top four at four? Well, yes, I would. For Monday, March 15th, the week of my husband's birthday. Ooh. 2021. Number one, within weeks of the first coronavirus cases last spring, as large swaths of Pennsylvania's economy shut down, the state legislature shut down too, allowing most of its members to work and vote remotely. In a special report by Spotlight PA in today's trip, the story of Pennsylvania lawmakers cashing in on expenses is going to blow your mind. A Spotlight PA analysis of legislative records found that lawmakers requested and received $726,000 from the beginning of March as the pandemic emerged through the end of 2020 as reimbursement for lodging and meals while traveling to and from the Capitol or other meetings across the state. That's almost a million dollars of taxpayer money, just in case you weren't following along at home. It's a lot of takeout. The analysis found two House Democratic lawmakers each padded their salaries by more than $24,000. 
in additional taxpayer money during that time through the special perk those state Republicans carried on the practice too. The payments known as per diems, which are between, now if you've ever traveled with your with your company, I'd be interested to know what your per diem is because the per diems for state lawmakers are between 178 and $200 per day, per day. It has long been criticized as an unnecessary largesse for the country's largest full-time legislature. Yep, that's us here in Pennsylvania, country's largest full-time legislature, which pays the third highest salaries for state lawmakers in the entire United States. Oh, gosh. All right. Number two, the Catholic Church and its priests cannot bless same-sex unions since God, quote, cannot bless sin, the Vatican said. USA Today is reporting that the two-page statement published in seven languages was approved by Pope Francis. Quote, the blessing of homosexual unions cannot be considered licit. The statement says, adding, quote, there are absolutely no grounds for considering homosexual unions to be in any way similar or even remotely analogous to God's plan for marriage and family, end quote. Number three. Federal authorities have arrested and charged two men with assaulting U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick with bear spray during the January 6th Capitol riot, but have not determined whether the exposure actually caused his death. According to the Washington Post, Julian Cater, age 32, of Pennsylvania, and George Tanios, 39, of Morgantown, West Virginia, were arrested yesterday and expected to appear in federal court today. Cater and Tanios charged with nine counts, including assaulting Sicknick, a U.S. Capitol Police officer identified as C. Edwards, and a D.C. police officer identified as B. Chapman with a deadly weapon. They're also charged with civil disorder and obstruction of a congressional proceeding. The charges are punishable by up to 20 years in prison. Brian Sicknick died at a hospital one day after 139 police officers were reportedly assaulted by an angry mob wielding all of the weapons we've heard about, including sledgehammers, baseball bats, crutches, and flagpoles. And number four, Oscar nominations are out. The New York Times reports that David Fincher's meditation on old Hollywood called Mank led the Oscar nominations today with 10 total, including for Best Picture, Director, Actor, and Supporting Actress. Voters recognized a set of films with six nominations, each going to The Trial of the Chicago 7, Sound of Metal, Nomadland, Minari, Judas and the Black Messiah, and The Father. Best Picture competition this year includes Nomadland, Mank, The Father, Sound of Metal, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Black Messiah, Minari, and Promising Young Woman. The Oscars air April 25th on ABC. And that's it for your top four at four. Nice. Well, that's an awful lot to take in, Kath. Those are four massive stories that have affected us on a Monday. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean. So the state lawmakers, like, get out of here. They're already they're already the third highest paid state legislatures in the entire country. And this is what they're raking in as a per diem. While, you know, how many thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who live in the state lost their jobs during COVID? I think you have to work Gosh. really hard to spend $24,000, right, for takeout or lodgings during a pandemic. Get a, I mean, what a racket. It is a racket. It's like the Gosh. mafia. Really, it is like the mafia. I mean, once you get into that thing, you're like a made man. And, you no know, you get, you get cars, you get per diem, you get, I mean, all right. the perks. And, and and seriously, your discernible skill is what? Right. You, and, you and, what? and why do we have to have this many of them? I don't know. It's just, it, we, we've got a system here in Pennsylvania that is so clearly corrupt. broken. It's corrupt. Clearly broken. Yeah. I'd go beyond that. It's just a corrupt 
backward, ugly system. And people are making money hand over fist. Yep. Not good for us in the state of Pennsylvania. No kidding. Hey, let me All say right, We're cranky on a Monday already. Wait, one bit of late breaking news that came out after I did the top Uh-oh. four. Um, the governor says Pennsylvania bars and restaurants can resume alcohol sales without food purchases, bar service, and can operate at 75% capacity beginning April 4th. Yeah, it's a big change. All right, good. Let's let's open up, right? Get that. Get those shots and uh, let's get back to normal here as soon as what, possible. What shots? The shots at the bar? Or no. the, <laughs> just, <laughs> I want to clarify what I, you know, were. at this point, I'll take one or the other. Just okay, just kidding. All right. Take a quick break. Come back as we always do. Let's go to the White House with Greg Clarkston. We've got a jam-packed show for you. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We are Pittsburgh's Christian Talk, Court FM. Just kidding about the shot. Honest. I, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't. Crush me. 101.5 WORD. Peace of mind. Isn't that something we all want? On the next Focus on the Family, Phil Robertson of A&E's Duck Dynasty shares his personal testimony. You'll hear how he went from a life of drunken debauchery to find true peace of mind in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Tonight at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. I think it's fair to say that we live in very contentious times. And I don't know about you. Of course, you, when you look at the sweep of history, we've been here before. But there's something about the age we live in now where people wear their wokeness or their outrage or whatever it is that they claim as their demeanor on their sleeve. And it is above all, be all, the most important thing in their lives. Right. So people who say I'm a conservative or I'm a Trumper or I'm a never Trumper or whatever it is, however people want to approach it, that's like their calling card. That's the environment that they see themselves in, the family that they say they come from and the only community they want to be a part of. Oftentimes at the most important thing, which is all of us are children of God. I don't know about you, but getting a quality education especially a Christ-centered education, is a very difficult thing in this day and age. That's why Kath and I are very happy our children have been at Grove City College. It's important to claim who you are, but more important to know that you're a child of God as you involve yourself in rigorous studies. So when college students look at the world, is it just about being a conservative or being woke, or is it about something bigger and broader and more important than that? One of the reasons that we love Grove City is because they look at the whole person. And so we ask you if you'd like to investigate a school that's going to train your child in something bigger and better, consider Grove City, gcc.ed. I'm Pastor Bill Brainsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. We have been examining the historical Adam and his place at the beginning of time. We notice that scripture teaches that Adam and his wife Eve were the first human beings, the parents of the entire human race. This was true of Adam, who is referred to in Luke as the created son of God. But this is true of Eve, too, who is called the mother of all living. God created Adam on the sixth day of the creation week. His creation was the last of all the acts of God in creation. Adam, therefore, was given by God a special place in the creation above that of all the animals. He was called by God to take dominion of the earth and subdue it in the service of God the Creator. This is man's mandate in creation. For more information, look us up at prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. 
reminder, we are streaming on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can also check us out online at wordfm.com. Greg Clugston joins us every Monday from the White House. Today is no exception. Greg, thanks for being with us, giving us an update on the goings-on in and around the nation's capital. You're welcome. Hi, John. Hi, Kathy. Always good to be here. Thank you, Greg. Now, Greg, you're uh, you're talking to us live from the White House, and your little uh, corner of it is every bit as luxurious as you always told us it was. <laughs> yeah, when you when you say you work at the White House, it's true. You're at the White House, and the real estate is uh, is sort of a prime spot around here. And you can't complain if you get a seat or a no. desktop, or in our case, a, a little radio booth. Yeah. And that's where I've been here for, for many, many years. And uh, it's not much larger than, I would say, two, one and a half phone booths put together, if you still remember what a phone booth looks like. Yeah. I see but I it, like you said, though, Greg, it's still impressive because real estate is at a premium. You are at the White House. Absolutely. Uh, just, I just go up the, up the steps and uh, I'm in the briefing room. And then through those sliding doors, you're in the, uh, the press office and you're steps away from the press secretary. And steps away from the Oval Office. So we have access to the West Wing here as as reporters, which is very important. Fabulous. All right, Greg. So let's talk about the president and the vice president who are going to be doing this type of, I don't know, it's like a PR marketing plan about the, about the COVID relief bill. Um, tell me why that's necessary and what that's going to look like for them. Yeah. So obviously we know that this big package, $1.9 trillion, it was uh, approved finally by Congress last week. The president signed it. He gave his uh, nationwide address to the country last Thursday. So now it's as the checks are st- those stimulus checks, some of them are starting to be uh, automatically deposited in people's bank accounts. The the administration led by the president and the vice president and their and their spouses, they're going to be heading out. They've already started today. And it, it is it's a PR blitz. It's, it's selling and talking about and educating the public on what's in what's involved, what the benefits are. So it's really two things. The White House will say this is an education effort to make sure that all the Americans understand what's involved and how they can you know, receive their funds and know that their government's working for them when it comes to this vaccination and economic relief effort. But, but don't, be, uh, you know, don't be misled also. This, this is a political effort to, uh, to, to garner and, and continue to win support uh, from the American people on this kind of legislative package. Sure. So, of course, everything is politics. So, all right, the word's out. Uh, the money's going to start to flow individually and, of course, um, you know, to government agencies. I hope that finds its way to people who are in the greatest need, suffering, you know, rent or mortgage problems or utility bills. And, of course, the industries themselves that are in the, the greatest need. Greg, uh, let's move forward. There's a lot to cover here today. So talk to us now. For years, right, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth about what was happening at the nation's borders uh, with the Trump administration, children being ripped from the arms of their parents. We've heard that. So now it looks as though with uh, the Democratic administration in place, once again, things are ramping up and there are hundreds, if not thousands of people waiting to come into the border again. Yeah, that's right. We we have seen this this flow, this surge of a flow coming across the border again of particular concern unaccompanied minors and how when they come across, they're not just turned back. They, um, they are put in a housing facility as uh, they're, they're being processed. And so now the problem is they've run out of space once again uh, for the overflow. And so the administration is looking at sites in Texas, possibly Florida and California and elsewhere across the country to, to transport and then house these unaccompanied minors, immigrants that are coming across the border. Now, what happened is you had uh, 
Republican leaders, including the House GOP leader, Kevin McCarthy, down at the Texas border today, along with some of his uh, GOP congressmen. And they're there to highlight what they say is a Biden administration problem because they say the president and uh, his team have been sending a signal that, uh, you know, the border is going to be much more uh, open and, and uh, open to immigrants coming across. And so even though uh, we've seen that with every president in recent years, right. uh, the GOP is trying to get some political hay out of this move right now. Well, everybody has tried, every opposition party has made political hay out of the immigration situation for the last four administrations I can think of, right, Greg? I mean, this is just kind of the game we play with inside the Beltway. It is. And I hate White to House- say that because there's, I mean, I don't mean to make light of it because there, no. are real, there are real lives at hand. But when we're talking about politics, it does seem like it becomes a game to the lawmakers. Yeah, it does become, you know, a bit of a hot potato that way. And it's it, it is a it's a troubling situation. The White House acknowledges that, you know, this this is an emotional issue when you see uh, the, the people that are, are, are in this situation, especially children under the age of 17 or so and uh, and having to deal with this. They've they've made some sort of a trek, a journey, uh, oftentimes on their own or with people they don't know. And uh, so it's it's a sad challenge. And obviously, the White House knows that, uh, of course, the White House is often uh, pointing a finger of blame at the Trump administration uh, for the border issue. So it's not just Republicans pointing the finger. It's going both ways. Right. And and so it feels as though, look, I mean, say what you will, President Trump really shut things down. And there was a a trickle, certainly not the uh, flow that's happening right now. But, of course, a new administration comes in, new priorities you wonder about, you know, the mothers and the fathers and those family members, whether it's in El Salvador or Guatemala or Honduras, Mexico itself, and they're telling their children, go, go to America and try to find your way in. I mean, say what you will. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? It absolutely is, John. And uh, Republicans and not just Republicans and others have said they've they've pointed out that that the vice I'm sorry the now president President Biden and his team have essentially been sending a message um, to migrants come mm-hmm. but just don't come now because we're not ready and uh, so that has led to some confusion on the timeline and then what we do with now the overflow and so that's it's a real human uh, suffering you know tragedy right now yeah. in some cases. Sure is. Greg Clugston with us, live from the White House, SRN News White House correspondent. All right, Greg, so let's turn our attention to the state of New York. Um, Governor Cuomo under fire for all sorts of things from the uh, scandal related to the number of deaths uh, accounted to to New York nursing homes, all the way to, uh, I don't know how many sexual assault allegations we're up to now. Um, I saw today that over half of New Yorkers still say he should not resign. Um, But of course, there are people in his own party that are saying that he should be impeached. Talk about what uh, the president is saying about this. Is he defending him? Well, he's not defending, but he's also being rather silent on the issue. Mm, uh, okay. the, vice, the president was coming back from Delaware yesterday, uh, back here to the White House, and he was asked by reporters about Cuomo and uh, whether he supports him or whether he believes he should step down from office uh, as governor of New York. And the Biden administration, uh, along with the president himself, said we just need to let the independent investigation move forward. Now, the White House today went on to say at the at the press briefing, the press secretary, she said uh, that, you know, these these continued racking up of allegations is very troubling. 
Um, and they want this investigation to move quickly because they know it's a it's a political problem for the, for Democrats because you have a number of Democrats from the New York delegation in Congress who have already called for Cuomo to resign. But we're not hearing that yet from mm-hmm. the president or the vice president. Interesting. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, Joe Biden and his Catholic faith, because earlier today, the Vatican came out and they said, we will not bless, honor, acknowledge or perform same sex unions. It is a sin. Now, that's caused, of course, ripples across uh, the news media and for people who are faithful or not. Right. I mean, LGBTQ issues are, are still a big issue here in this country. Now, the, the president famously Catholic, but I would say a very liberal Catholic. Those two worldviews are colliding somehow. Um, Greg, is the president, would he respond to anything like this? I mean, is is this something that part of something that, you know, is necessary for him to say, I affirm this or I uh, disagree with what the Vatican has to say? He has not been uh, directly asked. We had just one event with the president earlier today. He gave some remarks about the COVID relief plan. Um, He took one question. It was on a different subject. But we did ask Press Secretary Jen Psaki at the briefing if, if the president, given his Catholic faith, had any sort of personal reaction or response to the Vatican Declaration. And she said no, and went on to say that he has long held, has, has had a long held position of supporting same-sex unions, and that has not changed. So he continues to be at odds with the church on abortion and now on same-sex unions as well. Mm, okay. From his luxury cube in the White House, we're talking to Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Um, Okay, so let's talk about what's going on related to uh, the remnants of the January 6th attack on the Capitol, Greg. Uh, News story today that uh, federal authorities have arrested and charged two men with assaulting uh, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick, one of them from here in Pennsylvania. Um, Physically, what do things look like at the Capitol? Well, they look very much the same in the immediate aftermath of, of the January 6th uh, event sure. there um, in terms of fencing and barriers okay. and razor wire and all that, which we've talked about over the last couple of weeks and how yeah. it's it's sort of a depressing, fortress feel here yeah. in the nation's capital, especially with, you know, the spring weather and the changing of the this weekend. But we are hearing from uh, law enforcement officials on at the Capitol that starting this week, some of the fencing and some of the barriers are going to be uh, coming down. Not all of it is, but it's going to be an improvement. And we don't know exactly how it'll look, but it should be an improvement. All right. That's good news. And all of that to say that according to law enforcement officials, they don't believe that the Capitol is under the threat that they believed it was several weeks ago, even after the January 6th riot. So um, they're not they're not just taking it down because people don't like it. They're doing so uh, based on what their intelligence is uh, is telling them. Good news. All right. So things are starting to move. Now, let's talk about um, the White House reaching across, uh, oddly enough, and happily so, to conservatives and to people <laughs> of faith to talk about the vaccine, right? Because there are still people who are saying, I am not going to take this thing. This is funky. This is going to alter me in some way. So the Biden administration, again, a PR position that they feel necessary. They want to talk to people of faith and conservatives. Yes. Yeah, we just heard that uh, from the White House podium today, that this is part of an ongoing effort by the administration uh, through health officials and other officials throughout the administration to contact evangelical leaders, conservatives, pastors, uh, others who would have influence, especially in GOP circles 
and among Republican men where polls have indicated there is this hesitancy, if not an outright um, you know, refusal to consider taking a COVID-19 vaccine. And so it is, it is uh, you know, a partnership that the White House is trying to foster with conservative voices. And uh, they're willing to, to work with uh, people who believe that, you know, uh, if, if they're on the same page when it comes to the vaccine, it doesn't matter how they voted or what their religious faith is. In fact, Dr. Francis Collins, who is the director of the NIH, yeah. outspoken Christian, along with Dr. Anthony Fauci, tomorrow are meeting with evangelical leaders. Really? Uh, we just learned that today from the White House. So it's, uh, it's a serious effort on the administration's part, it would seem. Interesting. So when you say evangelical leaders of the White House, the Trump administration had one set of evangelical mm-hmm. leaders. Now we're going to move to another set of evangelical yep. leaders. There probably is not a whole lot of cross uh, between the two. <laughs> yeah, we haven't seen the list of participants. Uh, there, there might be some crossovers there, but uh, although if, if the effort truly is to reach the Republican and conservative um, members of the country who are, are hesitant or not wanting to take the vaccine, then there's, there may be a lot of overlap. They, it, may, it may be a true outreach to those who might not normally align themselves with the, with the Biden administration on other policy matters. Yeah. Isn't the vaccine, you know, the, the vaccine argument, a curious thing. I mean, you know, we see a breakdown in, in, you know, partisan ways. Sometimes we see a breakdown in, in, you know, faith perspective. I saw an article today talking about how it breaks down, you know, urban versus uh, rural, that people who are in urban settings are more likely to take it. And people in rural settings just don't feel like the virus was ever that much of a threat. And so they're just not motivated to do it. Um, it's hard. You know, I can, I, I, it's a rare moment where I'm really extending a lot of sympathy to our elected leaders, but I feel like it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard nut to crack at this point. It's a great divide. Yeah. In fact, the White House did mention, in addition to the faith leaders and pastors and others, uh, they're also reaching out to rural officials for that very recent yeah. gap. Yeah. Okay. All right. How about you, Greg? Have you had the uh, vaccine yet? I have not. I uh, I think I'm low on the uh, the priority list. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? It seems like talk show hosts aren't high either. They're not in. They're not in Group One A. I can't believe it. But I don't know. You, know, you at the White House, you would think the White House would go. Yeah, if you're yeah. within this fence, you're within the border. You're going to get a shot. It just makes well, sense. Well, we we reporters here, we've discussed that and wondered that very thing. But uh, no, we uh, we're still waiting. I I kind of think it's because of my youth that I'm 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 <laughs> well, so sure. low on the list. Probably. You grab that. And you too, of course. Well, of course. Now, Greg, just one last question before you before you leave us. Um, last night were the Grammy Awards. Yeah. I'm just wondering if that's why you're sleepy today. You were mm-hmm. up late watching them. You stayed to see the very last award. Yeah, I'm sleepy, but not for the reason. I uh, I, yeah. I like to tune in just to kind of see, you know, what the uh, what the zeitgeist is, I guess, with the, with the Grammys. Zeitgeist. But I was, I was traveling back home last night. I missed okay. them, but uh, I read up a little bit about them today. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> about five, six of it was awesome. I'm not sure about that. I'm not really sure about that. There was a very shaky fraction um, at one point that we can talk about later on the show. Yes, well, the White House not chiming in on Cardi B and the Grammys. No, I don't think so. Greg, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much, friend. Okay, bye-bye. Good to talk to you, Greg. That's good. Yeah, we ran the gamut there. Uh, The White House correspondent for uh, Salem, SRN News, Greg Cluxton, has been with us. Not many people ask Greg about Cardi B. I just think it's one of those things that's different. I'm glad. I mean, some things just require no response. Take a quick break. Come back. We'll continue to talk about our My state. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the child. I can't go to the police. 
I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. My best friend is blessed with three kids and a big house. All the kids have their own rooms, but recently, life in that big old house has been different. In an effort to solve kid boredom, my friend bought one of those massive blue tarps and created a full room tent in the spare bedroom. They put each of the kids' mattresses under the tent in the shape of a T. And every night, for now five weeks, the kids have slept with their heads feet apart instead of rooms apart. He says they've never been closer. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And when I see a home, I can't help but see interest rates, escrows, and trying to help listeners pay the least amount possible. But for me, that story was a needed reminder that it doesn't matter whether our homes are big or small. It only matters whether we're willing to enjoy the little things that God gave us today, like a tarp tent. If you happen to be looking for a new place to put up a tarp of your own, we are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient's safety and our team member's safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. We are everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM. Pittsburgh at WordFM.com, the WordFM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Tonight will be overcast with a late-night shower. Tonight's low, 36. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers. Tomorrow's high, 53. Tomorrow night, a shower in the area in the evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, low, 40. Wednesday will be mild, cloudy skies for the morning hours. Then times of clouds and sun for the afternoon. Wednesday will reach a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Okay, uh, say like um, an average family of four, mm-hmm. average family of four, maybe a household income, let's say $60,000, all right? Mom and dad, two kids, 60000 What do you think they're spending yearly on groceries? What oh. You, what, what, what kind of percentage that would be? I, I don't know. $10,000, 15000 I wonder what that is. Because I think about this, I'm, I'm, I'm still honked off at this state legislature and their over-the-top per diem spending. Uh, I mean, this came out today from Spotlight, uh, Spotlight PA, which is this independent nonpartisan newsroom, which I love. They do good work. So they looked at 
the Pennsylvania state legislature and in this pandemic year from March to March, what was spent for per diem? Now they're doing per diems because they were allowed to work and vote from home during the pandemic. So for a lot of people who have worked from home during the pandemic, you know, your company might or might not, you know, help to pay for your internet bill or maybe give you 10 bucks towards electricity or, you know, something like that to offset your cost of working at home. Now the legislators um, just had like open season where they were allowed to in any time they traveled more than 50 miles they were allowed to charge a per diem rate, which was 175 to $200 a day without submitting one receipt. Okay, so I'm looking at this list that provided by Spotlight PA. There, these people, these legislators, now I don't know these names, the, the top, I would call them scufflaws, scufflaws, uh, Mark Longetti, who is a, a Democrat from Mercer County. Last year, this guy, he racked up $24,000 in per diem as a state legislature while essentially the state was shut down. $24,000. What are you doing spending $24,000? Where are you going? What kind of hotel, what kind of restaurants were open for your ability to go out and spend that kind of money? That seems crazy. Another guy, Christopher Santino from Lawrence County. Again, $24,000. It goes on and on. 24, 21, 19, 18, 14. I mean, that's thousands of dollars a month. It's outrageous. It just really- it, is, it is a racket. And like you said, what, what restaurants are open? What are you doing? Well, here's the thing. They're not even keeping track of what they're spending at a restaurant this is just or allowed? what they're spending at a hotel. Well, you just they're, put it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Here, here's you a magic just, number. You just for register you. the day and you take the per diem. You do not. Now, listen, I have never traveled. Be? Yeah. I have never traveled for business anywhere in corporate where America not, where I did not have to keep receipts when I of traveled. Of course. I mean, everybody has to keep receipts. Nope. Not these guys. The they state? do not have to keep receipts when they travel. No. In Wait. fact, there've been several bills that have been brought before the legislature People saying, actual lawmakers saying, you guys, we all realize this is crazy, right? Like, we should be able to forget the per diem and just keep track of our receipts. A lot of lawmakers do keep track of their receipts. Other ones don't. Listen to this. Wait, here, here, here's my receipt. Yeah. $2,421. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's it. Here you go. Right, that's it. What is that? Right. It's theft. It's right. it, now theft. It is theft. It is theft. Okay. Pennsylvania has some of the most generous per diem rates among all state legislatures, according to an analysis by the National Conference of State Legislatures. Okay, now lawmakers are not required to go the per diem route. They can keep track of their receipts if they want to, but most of them don't want to. Now listen to this. Last year, okay, in 2019, the House paid out to lawmakers who submitted receipts, who just, this is exactly what I spent, $115,000, okay, overall to everybody for the year, 115000 okay, for the people that did the per diem, $840,000. I just, this this state that we live in, I mean, what a racket. What a I mean, it's just out. It's, it's absolutely outrageous. Really? It's just runaway greed is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's anyway, just, it's I, just I, nutty. It's absolutely I, nutty. We rarely talk about PA politics, especially the legislators. But, but this is, this so is taxpayer money. Mm-hmm. And these are taxes that they're collecting from it's people us. in Pennsylvania who have largely been hit 
economically by the coronavirus pandemic. Yep. Okay. That's who's paying for those per diems. So some guy I know who I talk to every Wednesday, who, you know, manages a restaurant in North Oakland, who has been absolutely only breaking even for a year and had to let six, no, 75% of his workforce go. He's the dude who's paying the taxes for these yokels. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're sitting somewhere, you know, in their, I mean, in their man den or whatever they're doing and like, writing a receipt down. We, we need to get rid of the per diem in Pennsylvania because obviously they're not mature enough to use it. Let's clear the slate. We need to take a quick break. Listen up for cancer patients. We're going to talk about this next. Being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. To survive cancer, it begins at diagnosis. Survivor stories. It's our new feature here on the ride home and at Word FM. We're going to talk with Stephanie Scaletti about survivor stories, hope, faith, and courage. That's next. W-O-R-D. When life takes a turn and circumstances are devastating, where do you turn? Suffering prompts ageless questions. God's people in every generation face it. This week on Through the Bible, we'll study how believers in the tribulation will face life when it turns upside down. Join us and learn timeless principles to tuck into your heart for when it's your turn. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, my pillow is offering the premium my pillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen size premium my pillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800 800- Three nine one zero nine five four. Use promo code word or right now mypillow.com. Mypillow.com. Cleanliness and safety are essential to the success of any business. That's why Cintas has introduced our Total Clean program, a one of a kind service that includes scheduled deliveries of essential cleaning supplies, hygienically cleaned uniforms and on-site sanitizer and disinfectant services to help eliminate germs. Learn what the Cintas Total Clean program can do for you. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. I'm Pastor Tom Hall of First Church Pittsburgh. Like you, I can't wait for this crazy time to be over. But in spite of how things seem, God isn't done with us. Join us at fpcp.org Sundays at 1045. Stream us on Facebook. Let's discover together how this story ends. Hint, Jesus wins. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories. 
Stories of hope, of faith, and courage. In the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Gaskian Associates. Details at wordfm.com. diagnosis. You hear those words, cancer coming your way. Well, listen, we're doing a new thing here at the Ride Home and Word FM. We present survivor stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage in the words of patients and the caregivers who are living through cancer together. You know, if you join us and uh, we hear your story on the air, we tell your story. You can click at all of our different outlets at wordfm.com, our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and at Google as well. And you submit your story and uh, we read it. We'll uh, just honor you by reading it on air and give you a little spiff as well. Well, um, we're not sure uh, about this. We've got a little transmission problem right now, but uh, Stephanie Scaletti is going to join us. Stephanie is the executive director, the founder of Young Adult Survivors United. It's online at yasurvivors.org. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for coming along today. Hi, good afternoon. It's such a pleasure to be here. I appreciate your time and support today. Yeah, well, terrific. We're so glad to welcome you to the show. And uh, we want to hear from you because you have an, an amazing so- story, Steph. Talk about um, what your life was like when you were 19 years old and how it changed. As you both know, the world was a lot different back 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was 2005. I was a college student, and it was a couple weeks before my junior year in college when I had been developing symptoms throughout that summer of 2005. But really, what was the red flag for myself? Uh, I came home. I was working as a pharmacy technician with the goal of being a pharmacist. I'll put that as a side note. I came home with a severe fever, almost 103 degrees. I had bruises that were just random and were not going away after having them for weeks. And instead, they were just getting worse or multiplying. And a couple other symptoms that my parents, I was living with them at the time, commuting to the University of Pittsburgh. And they had made a simple call to the PCP on call, and they said, get her to the emergency room. This was on a Wednesday night. Two days later, I transferred to uh, a different hospital. I had a bone marrow biopsy because the blood work was suspicious of a leukemia. So we had the bone marrow biopsy two days later. The next day, I was in my room, 19 years old at the time, and uh, an oncologist walked in to confirm that I had acute lymphoblastic uh, leukemia, and two days later, chemotherapy started. I have wow, no family Steph. history. I had no idea when I was, what I was going to do with school. Um, we were totally blindsided by it, and so things just quickly changed, and I had to very quickly learn what chemotherapy was, how it was administered, when I was going to lose my hair. All I remember from the oncologist was that Chemotherapy was starting on Monday. I had to take a year off of school, and there was a high chance that was in my future. And that's wow. literally all I remember. <laughs> wow. Stephanie, that had to blow you out of the water. I can't imagine what that was like for you emotionally. And that's just it. It is such a traumatic experience because if you don't have a family history, you literally know nothing about it, and you don't think that you – I was a healthy individual growing up. I was—I must have played every sport you can imagine aside from soccer and gymnastics. But, you know, I was healthy, and you just never sure. expected it's going to happen to you. And 
ironically, I knew of two other girls in my high school that also had leukemia. But again, you never think it's going to happen to you. And I was so concerned about just losing my hair and losing friendships. And, you know, all these things swirl through your mind. I mean, it it was so emotionally traumatic, not for myself, but also for my family. But what what was ironic was I just put on this fighting spirit and deep down inside and boy, did we reach out and to our, our faith and our, our church communities and basically anyone that would be willing to support us. That was okay. You know, join our community. Right. And that's really where I saw firsthand the lack of young adults in the inpatient floors, as well as the outpatient floors. When, you know, I was only in the hospital for three weeks initially. And then after being discharged from the hospital, I had celebrated my 20th birthday in the hospital. Um, But I would go to the outpatient facility for the next year, getting intensive chemo, not seeing anyone within decades of my age, which was really disturbing as well. Of course it wasn't. I'm sure it made you feel like you were some kind of, you know, unbelievably unique case. Uh, Talk about how long the treatments lasted. Um, were you, how much of that was inpatient? What was out and, and what was that like for you? So uh, chemotherapy started immediately when I was inpatient. And like I said, I was there for three weeks and believe it or not, they let me, I I responded pretty well to the chemo. And by that, I mean, I was sick from day one, (laughs) but that just tells you that your body is reacting. So you almost have to reframe your mindset to appreciate the chemotherapy because it was so strong. I lost my hair. My nurse in the hospital shaved my head in the bathroom in my in, in my hospital room. Um, and then after the three weeks, I cried my eyes out to my brother when they told me I could go home a couple of days earlier because as crazy as it sounds, you almost get used to the environment that you're in because you get this new schedule and the nurses become your friends and the doctors, you just start to trust in them. The nurse that treated me when I was initially diagnosed is still my friend to this day. We're talking 15 years out. So you just develop these intimate relationships with the staff there. Um, So after I left three weeks inpatient, I went on to, for the next year, getting uh, outpatient chemotherapy um, for the next solid eight months, I will say. And I also had two weeks in a row, five days a week of brain radiation now, on top of that, I had six weeks every Monday I would go in for a spinal tap where they would inject chemotherapy in my spine because when you have a leukemia such as mine, the cancer generates in your bone marrow in your hip. And if it were to spread, it would go up your spine into your brain. So they made sure that they caught every hiding cancer cell in my body just to be sure because I was so young. I mean, the prognosis was very high. Um, they tested my brother and my sister to see if they were bone marrow matches. If they were a match, they probably would have had me do a bone marrow transplant, but fortunately they weren't, and I didn't need one. Thanks, by the grace of God, I didn't need a transplant, but I I had intensive chemo for about a year, and then my sister was actually getting married almost a year to the day I was diagnosed, so my goal was to be her maid of honor without a hat or a wig. And <laughs> as you can probably guess, I did not wear a hat or a wig to her wedding. I had about an inch long of hair, and I rocked it. <laughs> Good for you, Steph. And that's Good great, Steph, you. right? So in the midst of all this turmoil and your world is turned upside down, you find something that's strong, and you think, I'm going to focus on this. And like you said, you know, you show up at your sister's wedding, and you rock it. I mean, that had to be a great feeling. 
It was. I mean, I looked at those pictures to this day. That was my first major goal. And I think for anyone listening today, if you are a cancer survivor or if you know someone, I tell all the all the patients, every survivor, I mean, we like you guys, we say you're a survivor the day you're diagnosed. And I try to tell everyone, focus on one goal at a time, whether it's mm-hmm. a short-term goal or a goal like mine was a year out. You have to focus on one goal at a time. Otherwise, it gets so overwhelming. And it is. It is such an emotional roller coaster. And things change. I remember initially they told me that I had a two-year protocol of being in intensive chemo and then having a maintenance phase where you take these oral pills, whether it's steroids or chemotherapy form. And if I were to say, well, what's the next two years going to look like? There's no way that that regimen would have stayed. And that's that's generally true for all um, survivors who have to go through treatment because things change. And so if you can focus on one goal at a time, you can stay laser focused. And then when you accomplish that goal, it's another reason to celebrate every milestone along the way. Sure. We're talking to Stephanie Scaletti. She's executive director and the founder of young adult survivors United. Um, what do you think you guys, how about we take a break and we come back with Steph and hear a little bit more about the organization and then tell our listeners about um, survivor story and what that's going to look like here on the ride home. All right, we'll take a break. Steph, stay right where you are. We'll be right back to you. It's the Monday edition of the ride home. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's health care costs. And because of the current economic situation, they're making it easier than ever. Apply by March 31st. You can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. 
For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. I'm Pastor Tom Hall of First Church Pittsburgh. Like you, I can't wait for this crazy time to be over. But in spite of how things seem, God isn't done with us. Join us at fpcp.org Sundays at 1045. Stream us on Facebook. Let's discover together how this story ends. Hint, Jesus wins. a cancer survivor's story. Stephanie Scaletti's with us. She's executive director, founder of Young Adult Survivors United. Doing something really cool here. For cancer patients, being a survivor does not begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. So we, Word FM and The Ride Home, we present survivor stories. Stories of hope, of faith, of courage in the words of the patients and the caregivers who are living through cancer together. Information about this, wordfm.com forward slash survivor. If you missed any of Steph's story that she told us before the break, please download our podcast, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, wherever you get your podcasts. But Steph, I want to jump ahead now and talk about Young Adult Survivors United. Uh, When did you start the organization? What's it like? Believe it or not, we launched Young Adult Survivors United on March 1st, 2020. It was just two weeks before the world shut down. So we wow. we quickly pivoted like everybody else. Um, I ended up getting my social work degree post my own survivorship. And so we ended up pivoting and forming a virtual health and wellness community very quickly. <laughs> so since then, honestly, I think I will say that COVID was our silver lining because not only have we been able to thrive through the pandemic by offering weekly support groups for young adult cancer survivors, who we say typically diagnosed between the ages of 18 and 39, um, we've expanded the support to offer support groups for the African-American communities, for the caregivers. We also have launched a prayer group and a book club last month, and we continue to provide financial assistance. Believe it or not, young adults, as you both know, are probably likely in debt before diagnosis um, as they continue to get the job of their dreams and and plan weddings and still pay off their school loans. When cancer hit, it it really just puts them in a drowning position of of financial toxicity. And so we provide financial assistance of up to $500 worth of assistance by paying directly to their medical providers their landlords, their mortgage um, payments, utility bills, or we provide them with grocery gift cards, honestly, to help with basic needs because a lot of them have very young children and families to support and they don't have the means to do it. And so we're just trying to hit all components of the wellness and healing um, sectors. Mm-hmm. Steph, whenever you speak about being a 15-year survivor of cancer, you walk into a room and you meet young adults, it's got to feel good on both sides of the podium, doesn't it? It's the best feeling in the world. And I I kid you not, I tell everyone I wouldn't trade my job for the world because I got to live my own diagnosis and survive it and be able to give back in a form in a clinical way, being a social worker, but also in a supportive way as a peer, um, almost as a mentor and now an ambassador for all young adult cancer survivors Um, and even for their caregivers, like I said, because it definitely affects the whole family and beyond. And so we're able to provide the whole component of support, not just for the survivors, but honestly, it's the best feeling in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. 
That's really good. What a great attitude. Listen, we're doing this really wonderful thing and want to help you be part of this. Let's lift people up. If you're a survivor, no love mm-hmm. a survivor, let's hear that story. We want to hear this all because we've just gone through this really uh, upward down time in our lives where we've lost hope. So yeah. let's hear stories of survivors. Wordfm.com forward slash survivors. Hope, faith, courage in this crazy world of cancer that we're working through. Why don't you join us right now there at wordfm.com. WORD-FM Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the Word FM mobile app iHeart, tune in and at radio.com With SRN News, I'm John Scott the defense attorney for a former Minneapolis police officer charged in George Floyd's death says he's gravely concerned that last week's announcement of a $27 settlement for Floyd's family makes it impossible for his client to get a fair trial. President Biden, Vice President Harris, they've opened a cross-country tour this week to highlight the benefits of the $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief plan. U.S. officials have arrested and charged two men with assaulting U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick with bear spray during the January 6th riot. But they don't know whether or not that caused the officer's death. Stocks bouncing back from a wobbly start to notch a fifth straight gain today. The Dow gained 174 points, the Nasdaq up 139. This is SRN News. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood or composite. To show their appreciation to Word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. If you go to our mortgage team's website, you'll find hundreds of testimonials of real Christian radio listeners we've helped. Laura here is a recent friend who is kind enough to share a few words with her local station. I was actually referred to United Faith Mortgage through my mother-in-law. We decided it was time for us to start looking for a house, and I reached out to Kelly. And we found several houses we liked, but, you know, with the seller's market, things kept falling through. But anytime we needed her, she was there for us. She got everything we needed as soon as we asked for it, and she made it work. She made sure that if that was the house that our family wanted, we were going to get that house. They're a wonderful company, and we're just really blessed that we found them in the process, that they helped us get through it, and we are in the home of our dreams, and and our family is so happy. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 
To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching and elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. James Brown and Bill Cower welcoming you back to the Midnight Snack. Run. This is one turkey obstacle course. Uh-oh. He's eyeballing a jar of candy. That is tempting right off the start. But he pushes it away. He's approaching a plate of iced cookies. He blows right by him for the apple. Oh, the fridge. Looks like he's headed for the soda. Wait, he jukes left, grabs the water bottle. That's the way you execute a midnight snack run. Stand up to cancer and rally. Want you to reduce your risk for cancer. Go to takeahealthystand.org. Tonight will be overcast with a late-night shower. Tonight's low, 36. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers. Tomorrow's high, 53. Tomorrow night, a shower in the area in the evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, low, 40. Wednesday will be mild, cloudy skies for the morning hours. Then times of clouds and sun for the afternoon. Wednesday will reach a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along on the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Kath and uh, Mike still processing their uh, Grammy uh, trauma. Uh, I just avoided the entire thing. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it, there was no trauma until about 1030, and then it just it was difficult all of a sudden. What did you expect? Did you really think that you were going to see Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? No, I didn't. But I, you know, I watched it from the very beginning at eight o'clock as soon as the Grammy started. And it was so good. Now, wait a second. I mean, I Hold haven't on. enjoyed a Grammys like that in years. No, wait, I, I disagree because I decided to tune in okay. from the very beginning. Okay. So I caught maybe the first half an hour. Okay. You didn't like the first half hour? There's you really miss the it. audience so much. There's a sucking vacuum of energy oh, with I live it. music. I love it. And then, you know, I'm here, I see Billie Eilish going, Oh, but that's what she does. That's her thing. And then I felt bad for the performers who've just performed because then they've got to sit there and watch the next person yeah. perform. I like that. It's you know what? I just thought it was like a bad talent show. Oh no, I like no, no, I really liked it a lot. Really? I thought I it was not. I enjoyed it way more than the regular really? Grammys because there was no like well, the, glitz, low bar. the glitz and glamour, you know, was because it wasn't a stadium show. It was all of a sudden a really intimate thing, which is where I I I, I really loved it. Really? I, I just, I'm, I'm not into Heim. I never saw those. The, that wasn't my thing. But I, you know, the Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, Black Pumas thing. I really loved it. The music to me. I, and uh, okay, again, look, I'm coming at this from a total outsider. The music to me was really meh, meh. If this was like the best songs of the year. I'm like, really? I think we covered that, you know, better decades ago. Just yeah, saying. but let me tell you, it just got. Did you see Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack? Uh, no, I did not. Oh I had, my god! I turned it off. Really, I'm telling you, the first half hour I was like, okay, I've seen enough, and I felt good. I'm Mike, did done. you see? You didn't see Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack? 
I did not. No, I only you would have lost your mind. Really? You would have lost your mind. Bruno Mars is the Grammys at this point. Everything. He, he, it was so awesome. And they did a tribute to Little Richard that was yeah. I'm sorry, I totally that. worth. I mean, yeah. It was the it was the best thing I saw, and I saw a lot of really good things, but I thought that really? was the best thing. You're better than I am to hang in there all that time. I, I don't know, just something. I don't know. It's really interesting. There were a lot of country artists I didn't, I'd never heard of. I, I you know, I just kind of like to see what people yeah, are doing. Yeah. So you stayed up late. So you're both of you guys are a little sleepy today. I'm so done. I'm seriously like having trouble staying conscious, Mike. Come on. Oh my gosh, I obviously didn't stay up late to watch the uh, the. Um, grammys last night but uh but anyway even if even if i did i i am i'm like out of it today i i'm on i'm on my fourth cup of coffee this daylight this is saving because, time is crushing me wait there's just mm. one hour we missed one hour of sleep here this it yeah. throws me like... off me too i don't even care if it's like a me half too. an hour me it too me and off. i did and i i did fine yesterday i'm not but talking today, about d-day okay, heroics okay. here you guys okay so listen today okay. listen today is nap today's napping day Okay. The reason it's napping day is that I think Jesus more people you. are like Mike and I than are like you, John. Yes. This tells yeah. you where we are as a state, as a mm-hmm. country. Really? <laughs> really? We miss one hour on a Sunday and all of a sudden we got to take a national napping day. Yeah. We are so done. In this it's country. not national napping day. I think, I believe it's like international. Oh my yeah. goodness. Now I guess it isn't because not everybody does daylight like savings. I'm not even national. kidding you. I, I almost dozed off around one yeah. thirty today at work. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah, kidding yeah. you. It, yeah, like, seriously, I, I, I sat down. Starbucks yeah. run. Listen, I I had I sat down to do the top four at four this morning. It was like I don't know nine thirty or something. I thought I cannot make it through this day. <laughs> Wait, our parents and grandparents defeated the Nazis. You guys are worried about. I'm just it saying. I'm just saying it was very traumatic. Let That's me go back to the Grammys for just one minute, though. For people, oh, wait. That for people, done with all that. No, for people who are listening, I, I feel like it's important to say that if you did tune in in time to see the Cardi B act, that was when I shut it off. So if you're thinking, boy, Kathy liked the whole Grammy telecast, that's not that the case. Call, yeah. There was something that went seriously wrong around 10:25, and I could not personally recover from it and had to shut the broadcast off. Well, that's that. <laughs> Just felt like that had to be said, right, okay. Mike? That's, that's right. Good. Yeah. Let's get, take a quick break. Come back. Uh, Roger, Reverend Roger Woodworth is with us in a few minutes. We're going to talk. I bet about, he watched the Grammys. No, I'm sure he did. I bet he Overcoming did. our prejudices to bridge the cultural divide. That's straight ahead. The ride home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We are 101.5 Word FM. W-O-R-D. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. It is the nature of a sheep sometimes to get away from the shepherd, but is the nature of the shepherd to restore his sheep. No wonder David gloried to write Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, he restoreth my soul. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, The Secret of Satisfaction, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the channel. I can go to the police. 
I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family, all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half motorcycle. You grab life with both hands. And you grab your bike with both hands. Therefore, bike is life. Progressive Motorcycle also presents Roadside Assistance. Progressive Motorcycle, for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. When it comes to your child's education, consistency is key. And in a world that's been anything but, parents have found a consistent educational partner in Eden Christian Academy, where high-quality, safe, consistent in-person instruction has been happening all year long at each of their three North Hills campuses. Take a tour during admissions week, now through Friday, and see what a consistent quality pre-K through 12th grade education can offer your child at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do we can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com surroundpittsburgh.com connecting you with new customers my name is namrita singh gujral i am a filmmaker and an immigrant my film america's forgotten uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the channel. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the channel. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden 
for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the child. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. For additional savings, enter promo code Pittsburgh at checkout at SalemNow.com. Oh, excuse me, I have to get this text. It's my son. He texts H-Y-D. That means, how was your day? G-R-8-P-F-Y. That means I'm great and praying for him. We used to be really close when he was in high school. After that, not so much. Until I learned to text. I-L-Y means I love you. Conversation. Make the effort and keep your family close. For communication tips, visit Facebook.com slash Make Every Day Count. We are undergoing a, a seismic reckoning in this country. Now, I know a lot of people kind of go, well, I, I'm not even quite sure uh, I agree with this. But the fact of the matter is, we are looking at race relations, black and white and yellow, for the first time in a really serious way for decades. Now, uh, a lot of pastors have been toiling in inner city in mixed race congregations. They know firsthand what that's like. So we're happy to invite Roger Woodworth is with us. Roger is working on a brand new book called Playing Favorites, Overcoming the Prejudices to Bridge the Cultural Divide. Roger has spent most of his career working in in the inner city, black and white, worshiping Jesus on Sunday. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, And please join us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. You can watch the show unfold also at 101.5 Word FM uh, there on Facebook. Um, Roger, so there's been so much conversation since George Floyd's death um, in the political realm about our relations between uh, different races, different ethnic backgrounds um, here in America. Um, I wonder, though, if for the church that wasn't necessarily helpful, or maybe it was the wrong place to start. Um, Politics is incredibly divisive, and it tends to color our perspective of everything, including um, the gospel message that we read in scriptures. So kind of unpack that for us. How have you seen this conversation going in America since uh, we started this last year? Yeah, I think you're right. And it's hard to escape the whole political issues today. And so I'm trying to accomplish in this book, Plain Favorites, is to address all the kinds of prejudice and biases that we have. Race is certainly one of the most significant ones in the forefront right now. Um, There was an interesting research done about 10 years ago that kind of concluded that one of the reasons that we struggle with our biases and prejudice is that our brains are lazy. In other words, we prefer the past path of least resistance. They started with just looking at the way people look at 
the way people speak. In other words, they kind of summarize it by saying, if, if you don't sound like you're from around here, I'm, I'm, I'm a little suspicious. And so they went deeper with that and basically concluded, we just, we prefer to be with people who are like us. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just racial, it's political, it's, it's uh, the broader culture, it's um, even within church denominations, because it's just too difficult to kind of mm. uh, it's easier. Yeah. cross those cultural divides. So I think I wanted to take a deeper look at some of those kinds of things and how can we cross the cultural divide. I, I frame it in a context of trying to bridge, a, make a two-way bridge with people who are different than us rather than a, a one-way bridge. Um, because again, it's it's easier to kind of cross that cultural divide if it's only going one way, so to speak. Right. I'll share so, with you what I, what I wrote with, about that because it gets at it quicker than I can summarize it. I said, too often we attempt to engage other cultures we see it as a one-way bridge, taking our way of life across the river to enlighten those different than us. It assumes we are on the bank of the undistorted view of the world, mm, yeah. and our understanding of the other side is not important. The proper response is to encourage a two-way traffic on the bridge, not only having dialogue with people over the bridge, but more importantly, listening to them as well. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes... If we could try to bridge the cultural divides, even politically um, or whatever other denominationally, theologically, um, we can work ourselves up to the deeper, more difficult issues of, of race. So I think it's it's hard to kind of separate right now, at least in our culture, all of the political, social, economic, racial divides that we have, because they seem to be all merging into one one place. And so taking a deeper look at our our tendencies to prefer, our tendencies to uh, have a bias, and, and even a deeper prejudice, which means to just really prejudge someone based on their exteriors. Right. So then, Roger, I think a lot of people would say, you know, especially older Americans, you know, uh, white, black, you know what, I, I'm good where I am. I don't, I don't know mm-hmm. what all that fuss is about. That's that's over there. I, right. It really doesn't involve me. But the fact of the matter is, white culture is different than black culture and vice versa. We've got to figure something out here because this is a train wreck. Yeah. So I do try to address two things. This is a book I wanted to to write a few years ago, but I I took the easier way in and wrote a book that was out of a sermon series I did. So this is a more difficult book to write, but I finally decided it's it's time. Um, So... I start by taking a look at the, the, the biblical basis of crossing the cultural divides and just even simply starting with the fact that it's God's nature not to be impartial. That's his very nature. And then what Christ did, he, what he accomplished on the cross of tearing down the dividing walls of hostility between Jews and Gentiles, a number of different biblical approaches to that. To that. And then trying to go into deeper to, to kind of touch our own advantages of crossing that cultural divide. We're impoverished when we only live and understand one simple culture, Um, whether that's racial, uh, ethnicity, or uh, socioeconomics, or even denominationally. Um, We learn so much more, and that was my experience, we learn so much more from crossing that cultural divide and having a, a listening ear 
as Miroslav Volf talks about having this double vision, taking off our perspective, our lenses for a moment and putting on the lenses of the other and listening to their, to their story. Um, and it, that takes time and patience, and it's sometimes even costly to be able to kind of spend that time listening to someone else's story. Roger, we've had a chance, both John and I, um, to travel quite a bit uh, because of the jobs that we have. John's traveled a lot more than I have, but I can say from my experience that it is scary being in a different culture a lot of the time. It It is. is. And if you act like everyone should be fine with it, then it's just more off-putting. And I think that's another problem we've had is that there hasn't been a lot of... uh, empathy extended to other people who just, who, who might want to reach out, might want to understand, but are just, I don't, they're, they're unnerved by it and they don't know what to do. And they're afraid of saying the wrong thing. Yep. Yeah. And then we also make the mistake of, and I made this mistake as a pastor, what I called overreaching to try to befriend the African-American community. We had a couple of incidences where we discovered that our white mentors over the elementary kids we were mentoring for reading and math and stuff were lowering the standards for some of the black kids because they didn't feel like they were able to learn. And we had a wonderful uh, black educator tell us that we were really uh, shortchanging folks thinking that they couldn't live up to the, the standards. And in the same way, I found myself on a couple of occasions with some of my black leaders lowering some of the the ethical and biblical standards for them, again, trying to, to bring them in. So we make mistakes both, both, both ways, ways that yeah. uh, across that cultural bridge. And then I would say it's another example. We, we ran a job training program for ex-offenders for a number of years with a large grant, and we actually paid some employers to hire uh, folks coming out of the penitentiary for six months, hoping that that would be a leverage for them to find a, a job. So we ended up hiring uh, one of those folks as a a janitor. And then we decided to hire them full time after they went through the program. And I became friends with him besides just being his employer. And I learned so much from his experience in the penitentiary and from the streets. He was in his probably late fifties at that particular time. So he had a, he had gleaned a lot of experiences Mm. and I found his uh, friendship to be invaluable to me to understanding some of the racial issues that we were dealing with in the in the city at that time and in the country. And so I, I think the, one of the ways of recognizing or, or, or making that first step, if you will, across the racial divide is just to recognize they have a lot to give to us. There's a lot of valuable um, uh, things that, that can be offered to us in that in that relationship and getting to know someone. So kind of surrendering this idea that that we have to be perfect or we have to, to have all of our cultural ducks in a row to be able to engage someone so very differently in us, but coming with a receiving mind to, to uh, open our hearts and minds to what God can give to us through that, that relationship. That tends to take down some of the, the uh, intrepid uh, concerns that we have mm-hmm. in crossing right. that divide. Yeah. We're talking with Reverend Dr. Roger Woodworth. And uh, talking about the racial divide, the cultural divide that separates us here in America. And, and Roger, of course, you know, we can try to legislate fairness, whatever that might look like. But we really can't legislate 
compassion no. or empathy or love for your fellow man. And, you know, when you bring up, you know, the idea of we, we've had these conversations with people that we know and love, well, you bring up the words white privilege. That makes people nuts. I mean, it, it inflames people. That makes white people nuts. It does. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, it does. Yeah. That, those are dangerous words, inflammatory yeah. words for a lot of people. <clears throat> And so I don't even know how you start to have a conversation about oneness when you can't even acknowledge that there is a tilting of the sides here. Yeah, I think that's a good example of where I think you can start sometimes because our terms, whether it's racism or white privilege, whatever the terms, we don't even agree on those terms. Yeah. Um, and so having a, some conversations just around the terms we, we, we started a, a program a number of years ago when I was at New Hope of trying to bridge those cultural divides. And so we, we got together and had, uh, uh, it, it wasn't new with us. We, we, we borrowed the terms from, from other people. So we called it Fudge Ripple Night. And so we got together around ice cream, Fudge Ripple Ice Cream, and just began to have some discussions on simple things like terms. I knew we had made some improvements in some groundbreaking ways, though, when it was suggested by our blacks that we needed to switch to uh, chocolate marshmallow to get a better representation <laughs> of the ice cream. But we, we spent several months just talking about basic things like food. And we learned, uh, us whites learned, that not all blacks like chitlins and uh, it just began to tear down some of the stereotypes in simple things that we could all feel comfortable with. And so I just think that's the way we've got to, to, to address that. Let's not try to, you know, uh, eat the elephant all in one big setting. Let's just talk about some things that we think we can find some common ground on. And I think that's one of the other ways of trying to build this two-way bridge is finding, finding common ground with folks. Mm -hmm. What are some things we can talk about? that are safe. And then eventually once there's some trust built, we can go a little bit, bit deeper. Yeah. And I wonder, I mean, how that would happen because, you know, in a very micro level with you and your local congregation, dicey as it is, I mean, right. Kudos that you have the courage and the wherewithal to move forward. That's a tiny, tiny, you know, print pick yeah. of, of where we need to be, let alone looking at the gigantic map of the national consciousness. I think it was David French just recently wrote, read in one of his articles that he talked about uh, uh, even though we might not understand or be agreeable to the long-term journey, a long journey is just a matter of taking steps. Mm -hmm. And so even though we like look at the, the, the bigger journey, the bigger picture, it doesn't keep us from taking a couple of first steps until we continue on the, while we continue on the journey. So I think that's the, the way it has to go whether it's just uh, uh, phoning up your neighbor who is different than you and saying, Hey, can we have coffee sometime and sitting down and having some conversations, pick a topic uh, again, that one that's, that, that's safe, but then continue at it. Um, again, finding that, that common ground so we can have conversations. Again, that research tells us we don't even want to take that path of resistance. Um, uh, and so it's it's just a matter of taking the initiative. So much of this is all about taking initiative. Mm -hmm. um, and for us, you know, if you if you think about, I write in there about Peter's journey of overcoming his favoritism. He started out well. 
he recognized in going into Cornelius's household that, that God indeed shows no partiality. And that in the Greek tense was that he, he now sees for his first time, just beginning to see. And so he entered into a 10-year journey, which at the end of that, he had pulled back from the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And Paul, a member of the dominant culture, is the one who had to confront him. And so I think it behooves us as white folks, we need to be the, the initiators of these conversations, not in a way that we're trying to come in and, and convince somebody of our uh, great culture or our way of thinking, but just to begin a conversation with, with folks across that, that cultural divide. So we, we start with small steps, one bite of the elephant at a time. Yeah, that's a good point. The new book, Playing Favorites, Overcoming Our Prejudices to Bridge the Cultural Divide. We've been talking to the Reverend Dr. Roger Woodworth. Roger, uh, when do you think the book might come out? Well, uh, as you might guess, this is a long process. I'm what? Just I, thought, I thought writing books was so easy. You just slap yes. a few words together and you're done. The writing the book is the easier process. Getting it published is another whole story. Right, even, once you get, even once you get a publisher, it's uh, an engaging time. The one that takes a lot of patience on my part. So I'm hoping to get, I'm going to begin uh, touching base with some publishers in the next couple of months and we'll see where we go from there. So I've got a couple of folks who are hoping to read it and give me some feedback, some African-American pastors. So I'm looking forward to that. And my granddaughter is going to write a poem for the book as well. Oh, wonderful. She wrote a, she wrote a nationally recognized poem in her junior year at, uh, at, uh, uh, Kappa on this particular issue. So I said, can I either put that in the book or can you write another one? And she offered to write another poem. So, Well, certainly uh, it's a necessary and a worthy conversation to see where we are here uh, racially and uh, in the kingdom uh, as we move forward in these very fraught times. Roger, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much uh, for your courage and for your wisdom joining us here on the air. Thank you for having me. God bless you both. You as well. Reverend Roger Woodworth, uh, a forthcoming, overcoming our prejudices to bridge the cultural divide. Amen and amen. Does this make sense? That's next on The Right Home. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. It's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. 
All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets, or call 800 800- 3910954 use promo code word or right now mypillow.com mypillow.com looking for more than just a job searching for a career path with a higher calling find a job you can believe in and get excited about at christianjobs.com christianjobs.com is the largest christian employment website with thousands of job listings they connect devoted people like you with thoughtful employers that share your values once you log on and see the quality job opportunities available you'll never settle for just a job again log on to christianjobs.com that's christianjobs.com learning has definitely changed these days. What hasn't changed is the unwavering support parents received from their local Christian school. Many were quick to adapt to the new normal with remote classes taught by caring teachers who pray for students and their families every day. With many schools offering half-price tuition for first-time enrollees like Portersville Christian School in Portersville, PA, it's a great time to consider Christian education. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight will be overcast with a late-night shower. Tonight's low, 36. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a couple of showers. Tomorrow's high, 53. Tomorrow night, a shower in the area in the evening. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, low, 40. Wednesday will be mild, cloudy skies for the morning hours. Then times of clouds and sun for the afternoon. Wednesday will reach a high of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? What's that? What does what make sense? Well, spring is coming. Vaccines are around, John. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking that yard sales are right around the corner. Yeah. And so, of course, I bring up the question to you: Does it make sense to buy linens at a yard sale? No. no not even pre-COVID did it make sense to buy someone else's linens. Why would you do that? You're so. What? Are you? Hey, why don't you? Can I use your paper towels? Can I buy those? <laughs> That's not the same thing. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. Can I, you know, I know you rolled around on those things for like five years or 10 years. All sorts of things were going on there. So, you know what? I'm going to buy those at a discount and I'm going to use them. I don't think so, Kath. That is not making sense in any way, shape or form. There's such a thing as a washing machine, John. It doesn't matter. it will Some things you can't wash out. It will erase all things nope. that are untoward. No, I all do not agree with that. All things that are untoward. No, no. some things yes. you just, you can't scrub that man right no. out of your hair. You don't, you don't know. You don't know. It could nope. have sat in somebody's closet for five years Didn't and matter. you're getting 600 thread count sheets for, you know, $2. Here's it. Oh, uh, these were at the scene of a murder. Oh, you know, I <laughs> could put those in the washing machine. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't need to know. That's a 600 thread count. Listen, 600 thread count sheets are incredibly expensive. If I can get them for two bucks at a yard sale, I'm saying yes, indeed. I I am not. And I'm going to wash them five times with hot water, and I'm going to feel good about myself. Where a stranger lay, count me out. That's all I'm saying. doesn't make any sense at all. Okay? We disagree there. 
This is something I wonder about. This is falling out of favor. And I see this when I watch my beloved Turner Classic. And I think, you know what? It seems a little presumptuous, but I bet it works just as a matter of fact. The monocle. (laughs) I mean, you know, sometimes you don't need your glasses. Sometimes you just need one eyeball, right? I just need the one. How do you like? I can't even figure out how you like hold it in there. Somebody does it. They have it on a little ribbon. This is a hair clip. You pull it up. You look at, oh, I'm looking at my mail with one eyeball and it works. I don't, I don't, I don't. Monocle makes sense. No, no. I think that the monocle has fallen out of favor because it didn't make sense. I think people were like, wow, we've invented glasses. Let's leave the monocle behind. I think, you know, it just is a means of expediency. You don't need your glasses all the time. Sometimes you just need one eyeball. The monocle, I'm pro monocle. No, I'm anti-monocle. Who I mean, for crying. Like, we have glasses. We're, we've lived, we're living in a modern society. Okay, let's okay. just use them. Let's just put so, them on our nose and just be glad that we have them. We disagree here today. You sheets at a yard sale don't make sense. Monocle at a yard sale. I'd buy it. I'd try it. 101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. There can be no freedom from sin and guilt apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from fear and anxiety and worry apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from hatred and bitterness and anger apart from Jesus, who is the truth. Make sure to tune in this week to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. The government is handing out money again. More stimulus money is making its way across America. Personally, I don't know what it means to you. But I do know this, everyone, everyone is talking and thinking about money in the midst of a pandemic. Now, if you're ready to buy a house and thinking about your money, or you want to refinance or cash out refinance, well, truly, you do owe it to yourself to talk to the family at United Faith Mortgage, father and son, John and Ryan, John's wife, Denise, sister-in-law, Barbara. These are good people. It's why they're here on this station. And the direct lender advantage, truly, this is everything. So, stimulus payments, government money, pandemic, all this in the dark, bleak midwinter, someone's there for you. United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Hi, my name is Tanya Ettinger, the Pittsburgh wedding planner and your luxury event concierge. Oh, my. Do you have to plan your wedding yet again? You don't know how many guests you're allowed to have at your wedding? Do you have to wear a mask or not? Your venue's not calling you back? It doesn't have to be that way. I am pandemic on-site protocol certified, and I'm the solution to your wedding problems. At Weddings of Pittsburgh, my team and I will make your dreams come true. We attend to your every need so you don't have to lift a finger or worry about anything. Relax, leave the stress behind, and enjoy the adventurous experience that my magic will provide you. Go to WeddingsofPittsburgh.com, fill out the contact form, and enjoy the wedding you've always dreamed of. Tanya Ettinger with Weddings of Pittsburgh. Let's make magic. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? 
Tune into your retirement blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. So last week was the one-year anniversary of things shutting down, right? I mean, it was a date. Was it last Wednesday? Was that the date last Wednesday? I think Wednesday? it was. And uh, we've been thinking about this. To be honest, to be honest, I have no, I have no care about this. I, I prefer not to look back. I'm so done with this. I don't want to talk, think, or know about the pandemic any more than I have to. I just, I just let me open the doors. Let's get back together and leave that reflection for the historians five, ten, fifty, a hundred years down the road. However, you've got a co-host of the program. Who desires to mull this over? I don't know if mull it over. I just think it might be. It's an interesting time to kind of, I don't know, look back and take stock a little bit. All right. I mean, I, I, I see why that, you know, you'd want to be interested in this because, you know, you've been doing a little soul searching and thinking about, you know, your psyche and your spirit and all that, <laughs> right? The doctor is in, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, so goodness. the pandemic year in review, we present to you, Kat. All right. So I would start with this, John, and I'll kind of interview you on this and uh, inject a little bit of my own memories in it. But the first thing I would say is what memories stand out to you as the pandemic began? Like the things that were a concern to you last March and April as we were just getting underway. Right. Well, I have a friend who's a doctor and I saw him in church uh, one Sunday and he was like, Hey, listen, this thing is coming and they're going to shut down schools. They're going to shut down businesses. I was like, what are you talking about? Is this some like science fiction book you've been reading? And all of a sudden you're mumbling that to me on a Sunday morning. I could, I, I, I didn't really understand the full weight of it all, what he was talking about. He was a doctor, so, so a guy that I know and love. So I had to take it, you know, and I went to my wife and I said, listen, I don't know when this is going to happen, but this guy we know and love is, you know, he's telling us the government's going to shut things down. So we went to the store and we started, you know, buying every scrap of toilet paper we could find. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. I mean, really, we, we didn't go crazy. We, we did not do know. that. We didn't even know at that time toilet no. paper was going to be an issue. No. Right. But that's my earliest memory okay. that something was coming. Yeah. How about you? Well, I think my earliest memory was when um, our immediate boss, um, Gary Dixon, who uh, is the operations manager at the station, decided to stay home. And we nothing had yet shut down. Nothing had shut down yet. And we were still mm -hmm. going into the studio, but he wasn't. And all of a sudden... I was like, Gary oh, doesn't this, fool around. This could be really serious. Yeah. He's a serious person. Right. I mean, so if he's taking yeah. it serious, then something's up. Right. And I remember at that point, and this is so funny to look back and think how much things have changed, but I'd get into work. I'd, I'd carry gloves in my car. I'd use one glove to get in, you know, hit the elevator button, <laughs> go through the door, really get into my office and then disinfect every surface in my desk 
phone, everything, then go into the studio and do that. And none of us were in masks, right? We were just we like we completely consumed. I'd go down to the restroom down at the end of the hall and I would disinfect the whole freaking, like every handle of everything, right. every, well, and I just think how different, how differently we uh, understand how COVID, you know, transmits now. Right. Well, how about the letter? How about when the letter came to us? Yeah, we got a letter from our, yeah, that was a big day, right? We got a letter from our management company and it was a letter that they told us we had to keep in our car that gave us emergency authorization in case there were roadblocks that we could what? get into work. Roadblocks? We were like, like roaming what? zombies and I've got the letter. Right. So everything's cool. That was crazy. The letter said, you know, because you're, you know, media, blah, 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 you have access to your workplace. Otherwise, you know, you'd be taken from your vehicle and you may disappear. I don't know. Right. It was just... There was some weirdness there. The letter sort of crystallized things for me. Yeah, like, I think you're right. What? People are sending out corporate letters yep. that you have access to pass through to where you get to go, right? Yep. Like G.I. Joe is blocking the road all of a sudden. All right. What about your last normal activity that you remember? Yeah. Um, I remember this clear as day as well. Um, we were at our beloved Minios in Squirrel Hill, which, believe me, I mean, I've been to Minios 10,000 times. And the four of us, my wife and I and two kids, were sitting around in a booth and we're eating pizza. All of a sudden, some guy walks in wearing a surgical mask. Mm. <laughs> you thought, boy, he's a freak. What? What? I mean, you see, you know, you would see like people in Asia wearing masks, you know, people walking around. And you think, that's kind of a bit of overkill. What's, that's kind of weird. And then we're eating pepperoni pizza and some guy walks in and he's wearing a surgical mask. And I'm thinking... What is going on here? I get a letter, a surgical mask, and management's not showing up for work. Something weird's going on. Yeah. That's when I, uh, that was our last normal activity. We went home after that and we were like, okay, we better start battening down the hatches. Isn't that funny? Yours was at a restaurant. Mine was also at a restaurant. Really? I took my youngest daughter to Bill's Bar and Burger, which is in the lobby of the Westin downtown. Oh, yeah. And we both had double cheeseburgers. Mm. Double cheese smash burgers. They were so delicious. And even then it was pretty, like it seemed deserted in there. And we were like, well, I guess this is, I guess this is really going to happen. And I said, well, we should enjoy our lunch. And that was literally it. It was like the next day the world shut down. All right. Let me ask you this. When did you know it was serious? When a good friend of mine got COVID and almost died. Hmm. I mean, there's nothing like the wake-up call where someone you know who was in good health and all of a sudden, you know, we get a phone call. Hey, do you know that Bill, blah, blah, blah. Like, what? Yeah, he's on a ventilator. What? What the, What does that all look like? And, of course, you know, in the early days, they were just trying to figure things out. When somebody you know and love yep. has it, uh, it made it crystal clear to me yep. that, you know, this wasn't some media creation or something to be taken lightly. How about you? I remember the Sunday night that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson oh, yeah, sure. announced that they had it. And then right. the NBA shut down that night. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's yeah. when Tom I thought, Hanks has it. Of course. Yep. Right? He's America, America. Exactly. Okay. So um, your biggest challenge in the first part of COVID, um, which I would say was like the spring and summer. Um, Cause I think it's different in this fall and winter. Do you have anything, John? The biggest challenge. Well, <sighs> I just remember, you know, and I made light of it, you know, the, the mad rush for supplies. Mm. And I remember, you know, us talking about it at home going, wait a second, 
the world's not going to end here. We're not going to go crazy. We're not going to be reactionary and hang outside Giant Eagle, uh, you know, in line trying to buy a case of pork and beans. I think we were just trying to be calm and trusting and be good citizens and at the same time also be, you know, believers that there was something under a foot. So let's not overreact. I think that yeah, was my first you, half. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was the big challenge. Yeah, that, yeah. Let's not be crazy people here. And, you know, right. let's just approach this with a modicum of seriousness at the same time, not fall off the, you know, deep end here. How about you? Well, my, my, for sure, my biggest challenge for that first spring and summer was just trying to help my daughter who was a senior in high school have some oh kind gosh, of I remember that. norm. I mean, I just, everything was canceled for her. Everything was canceled. There was no prom. There was no graduation. There was no friendship graduation party. There was no nothing. And then fortunately the school district that we're a part of North Hills did such a terrific job. We did have graduation, but it was as weird as it mm-hmm. could possibly be. And then everything was, can- I mean, it was just, yeah, that, to me, that was the hardest thing. All right. Yeah. So yeah. what about, um, what about John, the things that kept you sane, the things that kept you going, that kept you optimistic or just keeping your head above water, however you want to look at it. Um, and maybe I'll break it down the same way. Like a, let's, let's talk about the spring of 2020. Um, what, what was, what were you into? I'll say this. I'll say this for spring, summer, fall, winter overall. You know what kept me sane? Huh? My backyard. Ah, nice. My backyard through every season. I mean, even in the midst of winter, I was happy to be outside. I made it work. I did make it work. Mm-hmm. Good for you. Uh, outside was at least, you know, I can look at nature. I can see the birds and the deer in the backyard and, you know, spend an hour. I would easily, happily. I lived outside through through three of those seasons and it was hard pressed to come inside for the winter. So really, I I felt bad for people who were stuck, you know, like in New York City in a studio apartment somewhere and they couldn't go outside. We wouldn't, oh, that would be so hard. That would be so Venture outside. Yeah, we really did. I was so grateful for that. Yeah, I was so grateful for that for our front porch. I mean, we had people coming and visiting on our front porch up until the time we had went below 32 degrees Mm -hmm. because we we knew that the winter was just going to be brutality. Um, I would say that weekly online worship kept me sane. Oh, I mean, that was so wonderful. Didn't you love it? That was a gift. I loved it. Because you know what? The thing about our, our worship is you saw families and kids and you never see no people moved away. Wait a second. Uh, I haven't seen those guys for like five years. Oh, they're still part of the congregation, even though they're living in Mississippi or wherever. Right. I mean, yeah, I love that. I loved it. I really, I, I know a lot of people were like, Oh, online worship isn't the same. I get it. It's not the same, but I really, really, it kept me going. And I just, I, I just really loved it. I would also say that I slept a lot. I think my sleeping was healthy and good during that time. And I would also just give three cheers to Amazon and Netflix because I have not read very much since COVID started. I just have not had the attention span for it. But you know what? I also say this. I worked a lot and I was really happy to work. I worked hard and I worked consistent and I felt bad for people who didn't have work. Me too. Because that was something that was super focused for me that I loved. You could kind of escape a little bit of the fear of yeah, everything by just having to focus and do your thing. I was because we had routine. Well. Yep. Yeah. And we were very fortunate that we were able to do our jobs from home. So yeah. anyway, just a little look back at the pandemic. 
Much more to come on today's Ride Home. following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. Investors, listen up. Movement towards a cashless and decentralized economy are set to take a big leap forward in the coming years. And you can be in on the forefront of the red-hot crypto and digital payment market when you text the word PAY to 48542. Right now, investors are in a feeding frenzy, stepping on each other's heads to throw money at the next promising fintech company. The consensus is that holding digital assets unlock a massive opportunity for your investments in 2021. Text the word PAY to 48542 now to get up-to-the-minute information on this market with your free research from Avid Market Reports today. E-payment technology using crypto and other currencies means that the market will finally be able to realize the potential of cryptocurrencies to the average consumer. And that's huge. Text the word PAY to 48542 to get this vital information delivered directly to your mobile device with your free research from Market Reports today. Text PAY to 48542. Text the word PAY to 48542. Well, by now, you all heard me talk about my pillow and how it's really a great, very comfortable pillow. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape, and they're made in the USA. Now, for a limited time, MyPillow is offering the premium MyPillows for the lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98. They are regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more. All MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code WORD. You'll also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. Or right now, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School at trinitychristian.net. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at libertymutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Think fast. In the short time it takes to listen to this message, a small flame can turn into a big fire. Several minutes more, and thick, poisonous smoke may have filled your lungs and reduced your ability to respond. Give it five, and your entire home may be filled with flames. Keep breathing. We've got you. Don't let your world go up in smoke. Have working smoke alarms and always stay in the kitchen when cooking at high temperatures. Learn more at usfa.fema.gov, because fire is everyone's fight. Okay, so that's a look back. Mm-hmm. What are you most looking forward to? Oh, A, I cannot wait to go out to eat a lot. Mm. Not just like once every six months. Like I want to go out to eat a lot. Yeah. I want to hear live music and I want to get on an airplane and go oh, somewhere. Really? really? Okay. What about you? Uh, I really want to go sit in and watch live theater. I want to be part of an audience that is breathing together, Mm -hmm. laughing together, emoting together. I want, what I really love to do is sit in a rehearsal hall and be part of the creative process. Mm. One of, you know, 10 or 15 people. I would love to do that. But for the second place, I'd like to see the after effect and what's the performance that's coming. Right. I mean, it's coming. It is coming. It is coming. I just, yeah. Are you in line for a shot? 
No? Yeah, well, how do I, I don't know how to get in line for sure. Uh, it's coming. That's coming as well, all right? Anyway, thanks for being with us on today's show. A podcast is up and running as we leave the air. The Ride Home with John and Kathy on Facebook and at wordfm.com. Have yourself a great night. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Lord. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.